Hello everybody, it's Graham Cove with another My Music. Thanks for joining us wherever you are today. Um, if you're listening back to this on the old Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, drive carefully, don't crash. Uh, in a minute I'm going to be speaking to Simon or Sice uh, from the Boo Radley. So we all remember them. We, we all woke up with Boo uh, many years ago in the 90s. Um, but you know, he's he's been doing other things since, uh, just in case you thought that that was it. Or that was the beginning of their career even, because actually it started well before that. Um, and uh, we'll be finding out about what he's doing now. But first, let's have a little bit of this video. Thanks for joining me. How are you're you? You're welcome. Pleasure. I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Good. You told me you're in Padstow at the moment, which uh, is a lovely part of Cornwall. Um, yeah, yeah. I assume you've been nipping out for a Cornish pasty before you you get going I had this one, morning. I had, I had one yesterday. That was my lunch yesterday. <laughs> Did you? I haven't, I haven't had one for years. Yeah, didn't, didn't like it very much, to be honest. <laughs> well, if, if you're going to have a Cornish pasty, it has to be from Padstow, really. Yeah, absolutely. There's, about, there's yeah. about three shops in Padstow that do a really nice Cornish pasty. Yeah. Um, is Rick Stein's uh, little restauranty thing still there as well in Padstow? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we had a look at that last night and uh, decided to go somewhere else. It was a little yeah, well, bit you know, pricey for what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit pricey for what we wanted. Now, listen, I thought, I thought to make this slightly different and a little bit fun today, um, you mm. know, you are now a chartered psychologist. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting. I think if I'd have lived my life again, I might have been a chartered psychologist. Right. Yeah. Because um, I, I think you had a similar thing in terms of your own education, which is that you probably should have gone that route mm-hmm. fairly early on. But actually, you were kind of you went somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I was I was similar because when I my school weren't very good career Mm -hmm. advice and so when I got to the point where I I started to decide upon my next options as it were Mm -hmm. I was I was in a band at that time and I was writing a lot of poetry and I said that I wanted to be a poet and they told me no you can't do that you must want to do publishing um but then the options that were given to me were art because I was doing you know was good at art and Mm -hmm. English and that was right. it, really. Uh, yeah. And then I happened upon a communication studies degree, and I thought, I'll go and do that because nobody knows what it is. <laughs> and, and I got to university, and they didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the thing. The, a major part of that course, and by the time I got to the third year, I was kind of majoring in psychology because the, the, right. the psychology aspect of it, the, the course, mm-hmm. and you could choose which modules, was the most interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll ask you a little bit about what got you into psychology mm-hmm. in a minute. But what I thought we'd do as part mm-hmm. of this is really kind of very quickly, because we haven't got a lot of time because you're going to get thrown out of your room. Um, 
talk about your career, but mm. you analysing it from the point of a psychologist. How about that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We could do that. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, my career as in as career as a psychologist or the whole your, thing? Your whole career, yeah. Your whole kind of mm. life journey, mm. I think, it would be quite interesting mm. as a, a psychological review of it. So let's yeah, start yeah. with kind of the early years. Um, mm-hmm. what, 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 <laughs> what happened in those early years to get, get you into a band for a start? Well, this, this, this is, uh, the, your story sort of very similar to mine really. And, you know, the, as soon as I saw Top of the Pops, um, I knew that was what I wanted to do. I guess that was my sort of first early exposure to, to bands and to the music business, um, and then knew that was what I wanted to do. Similar to you saying, you know, I wanted to be a poet. Um, I, I wanted to be in a band. And of course, you know, I didn't even say that to any careers advisors because it's not something you can say, you know, it's just something you believe. So, so you know, despite being sort of, I guess, trying to go along the academic route, um, all I was interested in was being in a band and even though I was kind of doing A levels and stuff, you know, I, I, I didn't even turn up for some of my A level exams the first time round because because I was doing stuff with the band, you know, for those A level years. Um it was just me, Tim and Martin just being in each other's rooms, but uh, you know, in each other's houses, playing guitars. And I think we probably did our first gig around then as well. Um so that was what it. Sort that, of, what was, sort that of age was, was that then? So you're you're talking that was, sort of 16 17 i think we were 16 or 17 yeah, yeah we we played i think the first thing we ever did was we played in a mate's back garden he had a barbecue and we had the, the three of us and a, and a drum machine and we did that and then i think it wasn't long after we started getting little pub gigs you know we'd do like 20 minutes in a pub or something um down down new brighton and then it started sort of picking up then we we'd sort of get gigs in liverpool and things um so, so that was that was around the time, but we we were we were having to work at the same time. I was working in Pound Stretcher for for um, just to kind of keep life and soul together as well, you know, while the band was happening. But then we were able to one of the godsends was we were able to um, to sign on at that point. We were able to claim income support, which for the first couple of years of actually I think this was like eighty nine ninety, you know, that kept us alive because. Um, we were able to sort of at least pay rent, have a little bit of money, and then spend all our time living in a van going up and down the motorway. Um, so, you know, we just, in, in, a, in a psychological sense, looking at that, you know, there was a determination to get something there, um, a, a belief that that would kind of bring happiness, that that would bring, that was what I wanted to get. Um, and And throughout that, you know, we just, we had a determination. That's one of the strange things that I think is, you know, is, is actually looking at the quality that is often underestimated when we're dealing with kind of psychological issues, which is resilience. You know, we were enormously resilient because we just basically never gave up, you know, no matter how many sort of um, knocks we had or how difficult things were, we just, we just never gave up. Um, and so eventually, you know, we kind of got then, you know, like you say, you said in your intro, you know, um, it feels like we sort of started in 1995 when Wake Up Boo landed. But actually, you know, we were going five, six, seven years at that point. We'd been kind of going at it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and you so had then, critical acclaim. 
for, we did, for yeah. your output before Wake Up. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's yeah. the thing. So what, what did that bit feel like? And what, what did that do to do you as a band? It, it, it's really interesting because I think that, I think that, um, uh, that, that was, it, it was very split, I think. Um, I think that, I think that Martin felt um, huge kind of um, pleasure in that that kind of critical acclaim. Um, I mean, we were all massive readers of the music press, but I think it felt like that felt like validation. But it also felt like there was something missing, and um, you know, because actually, part of for me, it was that whole top of the pops thing. It was the whole kind of. It wasn't just the critical acclaim that was fine, but I kind the pop of pop star well, bit hadn't happened yet. The pop star bit definitely hadn't happened. And yeah. so, you know, and, and so there was a kind of, it was strange. There was almost a dissatisfaction. And actually, you know, our record label creation, they were exactly the same. They were kind of like, yeah, critical acclaim's good and everything, but you need to sell some records, <laughs> you know. So it was kind of, you know, that we was... need to make some money now, chaps. Come on. Well, basically, yeah, yeah. that was it. So, so, you know, so there was a push for that. That was the kind of push. It was like, well... It's all very well being critically acclaimed, but you need to sell some records. And also, that was the culture of the time. You know, the indie suddenly became the mainstream. Everybody was kind of crossing over to the mainstream. You know, it was Ride, Primal Scream, all these creation bands. Um, and so we were kind of, um, you know, we were kind of told, you need to do the same sort of thing, yeah. which, we want, which we wanted anyway, you know. Um, but you were taking but, a but, giant leap forward. Giant steps. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, um, but but the thing is that the thing is so you have this you have this critical acclaim and then all of a sudden you have this this hit record. Mm. Um, how how easy was that creating that hit record? Because by, by that time, presumably, you had kind of a building pressure on your shoulders, as you say, to mm. to actually create something that was a little yeah, bit more yeah. commercial etc yeah. did it come did it actually come easily creating that or was it no. did it feel a bit forced it it felt forced in the in the it was the only it's strangely it was the one of the only records i think we did it earlier on with one but it was it was probably one of the only songs we've ever done where we record re-recorded it where we said we're not happy with the first time round and i don't think it was just us that wasn't happy you know, it was, it was, um, you know, we were coming back after Giant Steps and it was this song and it had to be right. It had to be a hit rather than I think before it was far more organic. We just kind of look what we come up with is what we come up with. Um, we release it. It's OK. But this particular thing was like, right, you're coming back off the back of a commercial thing. Sorry, of a, of a critically acclaimed thing. It's got to be commercial. So, um, so the first version of Wake Up Boo was very, very different. It was a lot more indie. It was a lot more subdued. Um, and then, basically, we kind of um, were sort of uh, encouraged to go away and re-record it and make it more commercial. So that's when it kind of got that Motown backbeat. It got that. Um, it got the yeah, whole. Whose idea it. was the big brassy type? I honestly can't remember the, the the demo. The demo had brass on it. The demo had trumpet on it, but it was more of a solo. It was more of a solo line. Um, there is a there is a out on YouTube. I think that the original recording is out there somewhere. Um, so it's got more of a sort of solo line, solo trumpet line. So when it kind of came to it, 
um, we just decided it needs to be bigger brass, really. And I think it was just kind of, um, I remember we were in Rockfield Studios and it just so happened that Tom Jones was playing Cardiff. So his 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 brass section, I think, were were around, and um, somebody said, "Let's just get them down." Um, and they That's came a great, down. Uh, and, this great um, tip for any um, musicians, by the way, if you want a brass section or an orchestra, steal somebody else's. It's much absolutely, cheaper. yeah, completely, <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 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 we nicked them. They came down um, and, and and played, and that was kind of, as far as I remember, that was kind of it. Um, it was kind of done then, you know, once that the, the song was always there, the the uh, all the backing vocals, all the harmonies, all the melodies, they were already there. It was just the only difference was the sort of the rhythm and this and these big brass horns. Yeah. Yeah. So the dopamine kicked in because this, yeah. this this massive things happening and, you know, for for anyone that lived through that period, I, I, I remember that. That was one of probably three songs that I know me and my friends had constantly on over a summer period. Right. Um, you know, I think that, that Blur was in there as well, and the Charlatans were in there with you know, um, and it and it, it led to a lot of creativity from a lot of other people. You know, I don't know whether I don't know whether you would have picked up on that at the time, but you may have picked up on that in later years as people came to you. So oh, I started a band because you. You did this, um, but how quickly did like the euphoria, if you like, die off? Or very, very quickly. I mean, that was that. You know, psychologically, that's a very interesting thing. Really, is that what we sort of what I realised is is that you know what I was looking at was uh, you know the top of the pops thing was it was a kind of mirage, was a kind of um, you know I, I felt that it would bring happiness. I felt that it would make everything okay. And of course it didn't. What I realized was that actually, you know, I wasn't any different, um, didn't feel any different. Um, still had the kind of same stresses, still had this kind of same worries. And it, it, it really happened very, very quickly. I think, you know, it was almost, I almost kind of said, you know, we've always said that that album that was released on the back of that single went to number one. And it almost felt that as soon as we'd done that, that was the beginning of the end. That was kind of, um, <clears throat> I think the biggest blow for us actually was when we released the next album. Um, I was just going to ask you about that. Do, do, do you mm. feel cheated about the next album in a way? Because I have a theory on this, which is that mm. had you released Wake Up as your first album mm. and then you'd released the next album, mm. right? Which which was really, I think some people at the time thought, you know, what on earth were you doing? But but actually, as a band, you were just reacting to the last thing that you made, right? Which yeah. is what yeah. all bands should do. And, it, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it was you trying to push yourself forward again. If it had been the, if, if it had been the second album, maybe, mm. maybe things might have taken a different trajectory. Yeah. But maybe because you were like, mm. four, you know, this was like so many albums in, it, it wasn't. Because you look at things, people like Blur, for example, they put out Leisure and then, you know, they, they completely did a swift turnaround and, and, you know, next album, Modern Life is Rubbish. Or, you know, yeah. a lot of examples of bands where the first album, classic in a way, but then they decided, oh, well, actually, that's not us. This is us. Mm -hmm. And it worked for them. Mm. 
but yeah how do you feel about that um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say it was cheated i think we feel i think we feel probably disappointed about the way that that come on kids was received because i think we just you know we were one of the things that we did feel excited about was the fact that you know people had bought people had bought the the wake up album so people now knew us so we thought brilliant you know these people all these people are going to buy the next album so let's give them something new let's give them something exciting you know our 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 role model has always always was always the beatles and you know one of the things was that is everything was different you know the, the the incredibly you know they moved on in the space of you know two years from you know just kind of doing straightforward kind of rock and roll pop songs to to sergeant peppers you know in a couple of years so you know that's what we wanted to do we were kind of like let's let's do something really different and um and and, and it was kind of I, I, the worst thing was i don't think we were really given a chance because it wasn't it wasn't even um that people didn't like it it was that it was immediately cast as this attempt to sort of shed fans which was just the weirdest i don't know where that kind of came from it was just the weirdest take on what a band would do um so i think it was kind of quite disappointing it was quite demoralizing um especially when you know it, it, it was kind of it was kind of um you know we would see other bands around at the same time you know come on kids was released before okay computer and we would kind of see that you know whereas other bands were being lauded for experimentalism we were told we were being awkward and you know that was so, so it was kind of it didn't really make a lot of sense so i think that i think that did knock a lot of the wind out of our sails i think we yeah. i think at that point we just kind of felt don't really know what's going on here yeah i guess time helps with all of those things doesn't it um and yeah retrospectively yeah. looking at it because i guess a lot of people since have actually said do you know what that's a damn good album Mm, yeah you know and actually yeah. it it really works coming out of that last album and it just mm. it just as you say yeah. you had a lot of the press didn't really help you particularly at that time i don't think in terms of the, the story no. the narrative behind it mm. but what what did you learn as a person what what did you learn mm. from from that from the experience of the come on kids yeah, uh, it's a it's a really interesting one because I, I I look back now and I kind of I, I I kind of think it was just I don't think I learned anything from that particular process, but I think I think what I learned was um, that actually I was kind of we were chasing something that was impossible. Um, I, I look back now and I think that actually the process of something is far more important than the outcome. You know, I, I actually think the, the process of having made that album, producing that um, is far more, far more enjoyable. And that's and that's all that matters. What matters is that that album is there and yeah. it's been made. And, and, you know, as far as the music was concerned, we were in charge of our own destiny. And that was that was really important. Um, you know, I, I think it also helps to realize that <clears throat> we're not in control as much as we like to think we are. Um, we, we're not in control and these things will just happen um, whether we want them to or not. And you just have to accept that and just make yeah. the best of it. So yeah. as any psychologist will know, you know, relationships mm. are important, mm. an important part of somebody's uh, psyche. So, uh, you know, you get to the end of the 90s, there's a breakup, there's a divorce mm. in a way. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. how did that impact you? The, the it, band it was, stopping. It, 
it was fine. You know, it was it, it was really strange. I mean, I look back now and I think that we were sort of um, it, I look back and think it was a bit of a mistake because essentially we were all just tired. I mean, we were just, you know, I look back and, and, and me and Martin especially, we kind of wanted a break. I don't think we want particularly wanted to split the band up, but we wanted a break. But again, you know, our role model was always the Beatles and you didn't, you know, back then <laughs> bands didn't kind of take hiatus. If you were done, you were done, you know, and, and that's what we thought, you know, it's like, okay, we're done. And we were done. You know, we were both, I look back now and I think we were probably all a bit depressed. We were probably all a bit burned out. We were all really tired. You know, we'd been at it for sort of 12 years. Um, and, and interest had really, really waned. We didn't realise that, you know, that there is this kind of strange, um, there's, there's often a kind of strange process whereby, you know, bands will kind of go down, but then they'll go away and then they'll come back and they'll be kind of um, reappraised and kind of, you know, I, I, I do. There's, there's an alternative timeline where we didn't split up. We just took a break. And we came back in like 2008 and picked up where we left off and, you know, people were interested. Um, so th there are always these alternative timelines around. But um, but the split was just it was more sort of resigned than anything. You know, it wasn't acrimonious. It wasn't problematic. It was just resigned. It was just like, well, we're done. You know, um, if it, it felt like, you know, we weren't we weren't um, selling records. Creation records went down as well, so we lost. We kind of lost our home, so it was just a bit. Well, we're, we're done, really. And and then we move on to the next thing, which is that. Mm. So almost, I'd like to call you know, you know, you know, we're all more than the sum of our parts, and it's something that, that the next phase is something that I think a lot of people went through during COVID, which is mm. that you kind of it stopped lots of people, mm. and made people reevaluate their lives and go actually. I'm not just I'm not just that mm. I'm this as well and and actually mm. I, I can do this and I can do mm. that and I can yeah. I can explore those areas of my life which I, I didn't have time necessarily to do before so yeah you, you, yeah. you became an author um yeah yeah you started yeah. writing um and you know and then the psychologist bit so talk to me about mm. that well, it was, I mean, initially what I did was um, the, the first thing that I did that I was really sort of um, happy about was that I became a stay-at-home dad. So I kind of, so we had um, a couple of kids for those that period, that first sort of five years that the band had split up. Um, and, and, and that was tough, um, but I enjoyed a lot of it and I'm really, really pleased I did it. Um, I think, I think an awful lot of men should be kind of made to do that for a year or two to kind of um to, to really experience what that's like um and, and and it was great but but then when i had to kind of come back to the real world about 2005 2006 i really struggled um because i couldn't imagine myself in the real world it was a big big um and 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 you know i was i look back now and i see myself as kind of really lost i started I formed another band. I formed a band called Paper Lung, and it was almost kind of like I had to go back to what I knew. Um, but you know, my heart wasn't really in it. It was it was a very strange period around then. I had a really rough couple of years, and it was only really actually me going to therapy um, around that time that that actually got me um, re-engaged with the psychology, which was originally what I was going to go to university for 
just as the band started. So that got me re-engaged with that. And suddenly, you know, that that for me was the the importance of of therapy, you know, that that just being able to have somebody else listening and just kind of saying, you know, why don't you do that? And and actually, you know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have co- it wouldn't have come from me. And I don't think it would have come from anybody around me. But somebody else saying, well, you had this interest, you know, picking up on this. Wh- wh- why don't you look at that? And um, and that was it, really. I, I sort of went back to university. I went back to do my university degree at the age of 37 um, and, and, and just got engaged with that. And that became a, a, a new love. And, and really, you know, from then 2007, you know, for 12 years, I was not really interested in music at all. Um, and and really, the, the psychology was the only thing I was I was interested in. Um, you know, I trained for sort of six years um, to get qualified to get you know to become a doctor of um, psychology and to start to form my own private practice. And I've been in were, my were you own listening to music during that time? I mean, were you quite a, were you still a listener, or did you kind of go off listening as well? Some some things. No, I, no, I've always been a listener. I mean, I always listen to the radio. Um, I mean, the, 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 I've never been a fanatical um, listener to music. The, the thing for me is that I've always I'm always a, a song lover. So, you know, so I very rarely listen to albums. I, I, I love I mean, you know, Spotify's got its ups and downs kind of thing. But actually, you know, the fact that you create playlists of just songs, uh, you know, throughout um, throughout history. Uh, that's that's what I really love. So yeah, so I still listen to the radio. I still, you know, collect songs that I absolutely loved. But I didn't pick up a guitar or didn't really do anything for myself um, at all, really, until about 2019. And yet, you were doing everything for yourself because you were you were building yourself up in other areas of life. Absolutely, yeah, and and Which giving is really myself, isn't it? well, massively, massively, and and you know, and I think, I think one of the things is is that you know I, I've got a lot more um, kind of self worth and value out of the psychology stuff than I ever did from you know being a pop star. I mean, it's different now. Now, now I do when I do music, it's not about recognition or any of these things, but it's about the pure joy of playing music, and that's what. Um, you know that's that's really the difference you know these days yeah i think it makes a huge difference it's quite interesting we won't go into it too deeply i'd, I'd love to i would spend hours talking to you but, <laughs> but why why do you think it it happens for so many people in their lives that they almost kind of go full circle because it's, it's like this i mean i started off in kind of radio and broadcasting and mm, mm. things like that and and you know yeah. was interviewing musicians you know Back when I was twenty-one, mm. I kind of went on a whole journey and have come back. You know, I mean, what, mm. why? Why do you think that kind of process happens? I mean, I wonder about whether you know we we do it the first time because we're drawn to it for for several reasons. You know, we're we're drawn to it the the creativity, um, but actually, I think wonder when we're young. Whether it's whether it's our own thing or whether it's actually a sort of societal cultural thing that you're pushed towards, you need to be successful from this. You need to be uh, make money for this, and whether that's what you're sort of focused on the first time round. As you get older, with wisdom, I think you look back and think, 
actually it was the thing itself that I loved. It was the just it enjoy was performing. it. Absolutely. You know, just enjoy the process of it. And actually, you know, when you get older and you realize it doesn't matter if I make money out of this, it doesn't matter if I'm successful. All that matters is the process of doing this, is the enjoyment um, out of, of actually doing the thing. So I think that a lot of people feel, you know, that they move away from it because they feel it wasn't successful or whatever. But I think then they sort of something starts to click again and think, um, actually, I want to be engaged with that thing again. Um, that was that was it for me. I mean, when I when I started picking up the guitar again in about 2019, it was really odd. It was just I was literally just drawn to doing it. I wanted to play and sing. And the first thing I remember saying to my daughter saying, Do you know, I think I might go out busking just to kind of um, just to kind of be out there. You know, I wasn't concerned about getting a band together or being on the stage it was just like i just want to go out and play so you know i thought about busking for a while yeah and yet what happens is because you're enjoying it because it's coming from that place i think other people enjoy it and you know the last album in particular got fantastic critical reviews so mm -hmm. you know i think people can sense it in a way yeah. when when you when you've gone that circle yourself and then you're starting to create again from that almost to that point of pleasure, which is why you started yeah. in the first place. People mm -hmm. can sense Absolutely. it in the music and, you know. They certainly can. And certainly from the performances, you know, one of the comments that we actually get um, a lot is people saying, you just look like you have having such a good time on stage. Um, and it's because we are, you know, and... Um, and in a way, it is very different. You know, back in the day, I used to be sort of so sort of worried about, you know, playing concerts. It would always be like, oh, you know, why aren't we headlining this show? Or, you know, the, oh, we haven't sold this out. Why aren't we playing bigger? Are we playing well enough? Oh, this isn't going down well enough. All those kind of worries and concerns are just kind of gone when you're older. You're just like, this is great. I just love playing with the people. I love playing to anybody. You know, it doesn't matter whether there's five people there or five thousand. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just the the very action and the process of playing is wonderful. Listen, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. No, today. no problem at all. A little psychological romp for your life. <laughs> um, yeah. For anyone that doesn't realise, uh, Boo Radley's have a, an album eight. It's out at the moment. It's uh, their, mm -hmm. their latest album. You can go and stream that, download that to your heart's content, uh, or you can buy physical copies of it okay. if you want to, uh, which uh, which helps even more because it, it yeah. pays the mortgage, um, <laughs> <laughs> or helps, or it helps at it least. Helps. Uh, yeah. Uh, in in some respect or form so uh, no thank you so much for joining me as I say for, and thank you for the music over the years um, it's much appreciated um, pleasure everybody this has been Simon or Sice uh, from the Boo Radleys uh, this has been my music I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today if you have please share it with other people uh, if you haven't um, then that's just you being miserable and I can't really do much about that, really, can I? Uh, but but still share it with someone else that might actually enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye-bye.